Did you did you like the monster? I wish it would have killed them both. Wow. Wow, you wish more people had been down and just been <laughs> slaughtered. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 1111.34.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, don't you dare call her Boo Tin Man, it's Ambassador Danae. Don't call my what what now? Your Boo Tin Man. Your Boo. Oh, Data. Data. Yeah, you can fuck right off with your Data insults. I when. When Armus called him Tin Man and you got so mad, I was like, just you fucking wait. You thought Tin Man was like, he's about to murder someone. <laughs> oh, this does not bode uh, well for her emotional state. Are you nervous about this week's episode? Because I no. am. I've been thinking about it for, you know, for the whole time because we, we got into a mommy daddy argument. We did. We did. And it made the live show uncomfortable. I don't think it did. <laughs> I think they loved it. <laughs> and I put all of that in the outtakes to last week's episode. So if for some reason you skip the outtakes, head back because we hash out why Darmok is an excellent idea and why 90% of the live chat agreed with me. And I'm, I'm really excited. Here's for why. I love this episode, so I'm going to have a good time. A lot of Star Trek fans love this episode, so I think they'll have a good time. And if you don't like it, makes for a good discussion. If you do, I get to gloat forever and always. Well, that's just something that's going to happen, whether I like it or not. <laughs> Gloating is a choice that you get to make. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm nervous about it. Because it's like, as I said last week, there is a reason I've never watched Titanic. And that is mm. that after Titanic came out, every fucking body talked well, about yeah. Titanic. Uh-huh. And it wouldn't, no one stopped. It was in every conversation. Everyone was like, you have to go see it. You have to go see it. Which part of my personality that was in full-fledged action at that point was just like instinctive um, do what I want. rebellion. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it was like in my Fuck DNA. You, I won't do what you tell me. I wasn't even attempting to make a purposeful choice to be rebellious. It's just <laughs> part of me. Drink some water. No, fuck you. <laughs> and then... Because I was just like, I didn't like, I don't generally like go see movies or, you know, I don't, I didn't do that. So then I was excluded from conversations because Mm. everyone's talking about it. And then I was ruined on it because, but why, why is there anything to be ruined on it? The boat sinks. Yeah. No, I don't know how you were ruined on it. Like, you know, because the whole Jack love story story thing. You're not here to talk about Titanic. I understand, sweet, sweet podcast listener. But let me, there is the connection here. allegory here. There's a great metaphor, much like Darmok. Oh, I see. So I, I, this is that episode for me. This whole thing is Danae when she didn't see Titanic. Yeah, that's it. But I, uh, (laughs) you're going to. You hate that so much. I have gone. uh, So when I go to bed at night, my brain just Mm -hmm. goes and goes and goes. Three, maybe four nights of this last week, I've been thinking about this episode. That's so interesting. So I really, I do want to dig it. Why don't you want to watch it? Because you you want to oh, maintain- Oh, now you want to know. Of course I want to know. Fuck you, Ian. <laughs> to maintain that you don't have to know about it. It's this bit of Star Trek history that you're forever unaware of and you want to maintain that? You're taking away my ability to say, I've never seen it. It's <sighs> so interesting. I just, I like, <laughs> this is so messed up. I understand that. 
I like being able to say, yeah, I've never seen that episode because everyone always does the same thing. Oh, you have to. Yeah, but well, <laughs> that I like, don't like. That is I'm annoying. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe someday I'll see it, you know? And and then and then they usually talk about it. Now I have to join the conversation about mm. this episode. Oh, and no, it's that's just, the beauty of it. It's you it's don't. kicking this rebellious thing in me that I'm like, I just don't want to see. I did I have I don't want I have laid in bed at night mm-hmm. thinking about the few kind of clips that I've seen over the years. Like I think that there's they're talking in some sort of dark room or they're like trapped together. They're sort of just like chatting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's this, you know, miscommunication between them. And there's this emphatic like guy that's like, Darmok, come on, man. Come on. Get on my (laughs) level. And Picard's like, I don't fucking understand you. Darmok. Darmok isn't the, the the person, but it's fine. I I get it. I get what you mean. You're taking away my ability to tr- to you just beautifully after, proved it. Yeah, I get after it. After today, I can't do any of but, my Darmok shit anymore. But do you know the beauty of this is that only the people that listen to this show will know that you've seen it. And, I know. And because, you, <laughs> but, and because you forget things so well, you can pretend that you've never seen it. I don't want to pretend. I want to be my genuine actually, forgetful you be self. Genuine. Yeah. yeah, I'm genuinely forgetful, not purposefully yeah, forgetful. Next, by next week, you will have forgotten this episode. It's. It, I hope so. <laughs> no, I. I am. I. It's weird. I'm both like excited about it and nervous mm-hmm. about it and angry about it all at the same time. It's a very emotional, That's fascinating, a very emotional episode for me. I've laid awake at night wondering what I'm going to enjoy about this because my experience with talking about this episode is changing from here forward mm-hmm. it's different forever and ever and i and i have to be okay with that because i'm trapped on the enterprise with you and the only way to do something different is if i mutiny and i don't it's know that option. i want to mutiny you know mm-hmm. because if i mutiny the enterprise it immediately veers to derp prize you know what i mean what you just replace it oh well and good no 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 i would just mess it up to where like i would melt in the cell it'd be wonky yeah 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 nobody wants me to be captain let's just be honest everyone loves that you're captain so i think 99 percent of people want you to be captain carry us forward into the darmok territory i'm ready i'm resigned And, and 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 i'm nervous but we'll do it we're doing it well, before we do that, we're going to do an email that I think will warm your soul, so you'll at least have one thing to enjoy today. Emails. Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and, well, email. We have a lovely email this week. They're all lovely. I'm sorry, they're all lovely, but this was especially lovely. From Dean Moore. I don't know if you wanted your first and last name read out, but it is. Hello, Captain and Ambassador. I'm excited for your thoughts on Darmok because in 1987, I was eight years old. My parents sat me down to watch Encounter at Farpoint and I was hooked. We watched TNG together every week. My mum made made me my own season one uniform to wear to a local Trek convention in Ohio. In 1989, my dad passed away and I continued to watch with my mum. In 1991, two special Trek events stick in my mind. My mum and I went to see The Undiscovered Country twice in the theatre and talked about how much Dad would have loved it. Just a couple of months before, my mum made me a replica of Picard's leather-topped jacket, which I think, and I'm not going to Google it, was first seen in Darmok. You're correct, Dean, it was. Great family memories through Star Trek. How awesome is that? So that's a little origin story for Dean and his interaction with Darmok and Star Trek. Does that warm your heart? 
I love it. Oh, man, the fandom for Star Trek always warms my heart. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of doing the show for you know anyone who's listening to the podcast, whether you've told us your stories or not. There's always some kind of a story about this show, what it means to you, which show, like which episodes stand out. And so hearing about those is always fun. And I think it's really cool that they have an opportunity like to tell you about those memories before we get to the episode. Mm. Like, if you tell us what we're watching next week, people can send in their thoughts yeah. and, and things like that. So That's and awesome. now I know I'm looking for the leather jacket and we mm-hmm. all know I'm obsessed with the fashion of Star you Trek. Will, so. I mean, I think you've seen it before, but you will love Picard's outfit in this. It's so great. Um, I that's one of one of the awesome one of the many awesome things about Star Trek is that there's so much there. Pretty much every fan has that one episode that isn't like the best or held up as the greatest, but it's personal and and like really important to them. And for me, that's cause and effect, which is a great episode. But it's also one that I just ironically because it's a time loop episode made made my dad watch hundreds of times when I was growing up. It was always the go to episode. So yeah, keep sending us those Trek origin emails. Absolutely love it. Uh, Dean did have a question that I'm going to slightly modify. Uh, the question was, um, so his daughter is 12, uh, half interested in Prodigy and doesn't care much for any other Star Trek. Which Trek character is your daughter's favorite, Danae? Now, she hasn't oh. seen any Star Trek yet. So yeah. what character do you think would be Iris's favorite? I have not seen Prodigy Mm. But we did chat with the creator of Prodigy. We did. And it doesn't have to be Prodigy. Just any anyone in Star Trek. I'm just going to assume that when we do watch Prodigy, mm. she'll really be into like a Murph type character. 100%. Because of its like cuteness and all this. But I haven't seen. So I don't know if it's mm. actually uh, if Murph has a cute voice. Because it looks globulous and adorable, but what if it sounds? What if it sounds really <laughs> scary or something? Hey, bitch, come here! Probably not. In oh a my kid's god! Program. If Star Trek said, "Hey, bitch, come here" on a kid's show, I would be really shocked. Here on this hey, show, kid, we come say here. that. <laughs> Just a reminder: this is an R-rated show. Yep. Um. um no, yeah, m- I'm gonna Murph guess would that. Immediately replace the axolotl um, obsession Maybe. right now. Yeah. Maybe I. I really am looking forward to her getting into uh, like strong female characters right now Mm. it's definitely the adorable creature characters that she connects to um but yeah we haven't introduced her to star trek yet Mm. so yeah i think murph is a strong one i think that's that makes sense i'm gonna i'm gonna assume murph i also kind of wanted her to see moopsy someday moopsy but when she's a bit older because when it turns into a terrifying creature it still looks adorable like it didn't transform Mm -hmm. it just in, engulfed. Yeah, it's got some axolotl <laughs> vibes to it as well. Mm-hmm. Just don't ask what it does. Amazing. Well, thanks for the email. You know how to get in touch with us on Twitter slash X at CaptainsPodCS and CaptainsPod at CinemaSins.com by email and join the Discord, discord.gg slash CinemaSins. Okay, Ambassador, before we get into the episode, would you like to do some predictions? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it up to you because we're in a delicate frame of mind. Oh, um... Let's see. I think I know too much about this episode for some predictions to work. That's what I'm but, thinking. Um, Just give us an oddly specific one then. Something you... There's going to be a handshake. Oh, okay. Let's do that. There will be I a think, handshake. I think there's going to be... Yeah, I think there's going to be a handshake. Nice. Well, with that, I'm excited, but with a slight amount of trepidation, let's head over to the holodeck to watch the episode. We'll see you all in 10 forward. Two to be out. 
welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator or something and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator ambassador? Oh, um, woof. I don't know that I thought about that the entire episode. No one ate anything or drank anything this episode. Correct. Uh, how about just my own tears? I'm just going to drink my own tears this episode. My bitter angry tears well i'm gonna have a cold dessert called darmok um which is on some planet out oh, there yeah. there was a dessert <gasps> called a darmok it was an ice cream yeah an ice cream of some sort yeah frozen yeah, dessert i'll have one of those yeah, yeah two I'll darmoks, one of those. please which it's is way better interesting that you're going to consume a darmok that you prefer so oh give us a plot synopsis ambassador no thank you no okay. you can do it this week yeah that's fair um so the enterprise uh, has been summoned to make communication no no with no, no, no. The... you gotta do the whole thing in, in darmok speak sorry take it from the top go on you can do it just right off the top of your head you know just you know <clears throat> you got this you, you got this so darmok the episode of tng that's actually <laughs> that <works>. exactly how <laughs> that's exactly how that would go <laughs> danae her anger unfurled yep her anger unleashed um yeah so the enterprise is summoned to make contact with uh, enigmatic race called the children of tama um who speak exclusively in metaphors that the universal translator has no context to translate uh, in a desperate act to make contact and prevent a war into open relations uh, a, a Temerian captain beams himself and Picard down to a planet where they are forced to communicate and play the most boring game of Survivor ever whilst being chased by a invisible two-legged bipedal rhinoceros it's predator. predator. <laughs> and this did come out after Predator, so I can't say that Predator did it first. Um, and they must communicate in order to survive while the crew of the Enterprise try and get Picard back. Overall thoughts and feelings, ambassador. Mm, yeah, I did not enjoy this episode. I think my overall thoughts and feelings are simply like I was very bored. Mm. So, what were you thinking throughout? What was boring you? Like, what was we just thinking? Get on with it. Was it the pacing? Did you not find anything in like the the meaning and the journey of what they're doing and the message? Because it is a very slow episode with lots of talking. Well, and I think that's the part. Uh, th these, this entire episode is a sin for me. I'm so sorry, beloved podcast listener who loves this episode so much. There are things to like about this episode, and we'll get to that. But I found most of this to be very unbelievable. Like, it taking mm. this long for this brilliant crew to figure out that they're talking in metaphor. That it took this long, or it took this extreme measure to communicate in some fashion. That it, you know, so it was just... Uh, the, because this episode spends so much time trying to communicate and having a communication breakdown, which is one of the most frustrating experiences maybe that I ever have in my life. Like mm -hmm. I am at my most stressed when I feel like I'm communicating clearly and the person across from me is looking at me like these two are looking at each other. Oh, <laughs> you that know? sucks. Yeah. So the whole episode uh -huh. is just like... That uh, for listen, you, if, that feeling. If, if I can pick up on what they're saying, Picard can pick up on what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like Picard mm -hmm. is really, really smart. And I'm I'm smart too, but I'm not captain of a starship smart. Like it was just. It was a, so you think he a, should have got there quicker? You think he I should think have figured this out a lot quicker? Everybody should have got mm. there quicker, in my in my opinion. 
but that might be me attempting to figure out how to make this episode pace different. And that's no, the that's part of it is I kept thinking about ways that all of this doesn't make sense to me mm. because there was so much time to think about it. Yeah, it's um, a very bare bones episode. Like, I, I see what you mean. Like, the crew on the Enterprise don't have much to do. It's a, a bit of problem solving about how to get Picard back up, which I love, but it's very basic. And then on the planet, yeah, the big revelation is that it's metaphors and then tell stories to each other. So I, I do get why on the surface it's it's a pretty basic episode. A lot of people say it's a good one to introduce people to Star Trek 2. I think it's no! a terrible episode. Genuinely. No, 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 no. please this don't. And the Measure of a Man. <laughs> the Measure of the Man, for some reason, is another one people <laughs> like to go to. And I disagree. <laughs> please don't make anybody watch this episode, please. I don't think it's a good one to introduce. But I do think it's a great episode of Star Trek and a great story that doesn't even need to be in the Star Trek universe. Um, I... I really, really, really like it because it's so it's so different. It's an alien species that really communicates in a different way. And it takes anything that takes away one of the um like tropes of Star Trek, so the Universal Translator, and forces people to do a workaround of it, it it really tweaks me. It really I really like it. And I love how we go from frustration to um figuring it out realization the solution and then to that final bit at the end where picard is communicating with the opposite captain in their own language that gives me chills every time i watch it because it's it's just this like immediate diffusing and the relief and as picard that sensor it's like solving a really hard crossword puzzle and you're like yes i did it but the stakes so much higher with this crossword puzzle for me uh, I just think it's a really, really clever idea. What you're saying is absolutely true. This is unique. You know, it's forcing an uncomfortable situation uh, and it's forcing communication in an interesting way. And I think it's a brave episode because it does lack some of the action for me. And the action in this episode is what's happening on the on the Enterprise. It's... Riker trying to figure out how mm-hmm. long to wait before he essentially risks starting a war and Worf wanting to do this and <laughs> then trying to figure to hit out it with a club. Yeah. Worf is so disappointed when he can't go down and <laughs> save the captain. And I love that. Yeah. So, but similar to being completely outside of the scope of communication between Picard and this uh, son of, Darmok people. Um, I'm also outside of the conversation with all the techno babble. This is the most techno babble I have seen. Oh, an interesting! Really? Yet. Oh my god! Every single time LaForge is on screen, he's just beepy to bopping it up. There is. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Come on, the, it's the best. I do. I do too. But when the other half of the episode is mm. also communication that I'm just like, there's nothing to latch on to. Whatever you know. So then I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for something to happen. And um, the wor- there's so much that happens in this episode that confuses me about like, why would, why, 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 why are we risking pulling Picard mm-hmm. out on a failed beam where fucking O'Brien is saying, guys, I've only got part of him. <laughs> I've what got his the foot. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> why, why, why are you pulling out? 
And then it's just like, but just keep it going. Maybe it'll get better. You know, mm-hmm. we're fucking with things we should not be fucking with in this episode. He's the best. And then, He's the best transporter chief. He can do it. If anybody can do it, it's O'Brien. But it wasn't O'Brien. It was O'Brien LaForge and LaForge's sidekick. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And that was all technobabble, like piecing it together. And usually when the technobabble comes on, I'm like, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think my brain's trying to kind of figure out your particleizations and such. <laughs> but this time it was like, when is anything going to happen in this episode? Interesting. So the monster didn't do much for you either. Like the monster attack and Oh, the invisible that creature that just kind of bobs in and out and sort of like slaps you with electro- electromagnetic something something and you mm-hmm. never actually mm-hmm. see yet something else to not engage in. Yeah, no, that wasn't interesting to me. Especially when you consider that every part of their communication could have happened over tea. Uh-huh. They did not need to be put into a life or death situation this captain did not need to sacrifice himself on the chance Mm -hmm. that maybe picard was going to be able to figure it out like there's so much to risk here yeah let me hand you a knife and trust that my gen my clearly i'm miscommunicating i'm gonna say to you and then you're gonna interpret that that means we're gonna fight an invisible creature and become friends and i'm gonna sacrifice my life so that we can communicate someday and by the way at the end of the episode when picard does communicate clearly to them and there is a moment they just fuck right off <laughs> they don't stick around to get to know each other <laughs> yeah bye they're like we'll the thanks for killing our captain sort this one out. peace out it's so weird it is such a it's doing something mm-hmm. and i respect that it's doing something but i think that the something that it's doing could have been done in a way that in my brain would have mm-hmm. made more sense and potentially been a little bit more like paced differently so for me i absolutely get what you're saying about the pacing but for me this has the tng pacing that i love i love that it has the um courage to sit in moments and to be slow picard telling the story of gilgamesh by the fire and just how he's trying to communicate it to to um uh, dathan dathan um the biggest sin of the episode for me is Picard saying I'm not a great storyteller. Bullshit! You love stories! You love telling stories! This is your thing! Um, I love that connection across the fire. And I think one of the reasons it resonates with me is is because of what Star Trek is so great at doing, is getting people to communicate. So one of the biggest barriers between people is language and communication. And this is just an episode of a, of an alien that everyone kind of thinks is a bad guy or a villain and actually they're just trying to communicate and they're trying to find a way to bridge the gap between cultures and it's that building a bridge between cultures through adversity that forgives a lot of the sins for me like i love like this has one of the like essential messages of star trek behind it which is find a way to work together beyond differences between culture um and it's so cool to see the alien pushing that instead of the humans like i i love that about this episode but it should have gone so wrong completely agree it did go so wrong he the died only, the only reason yeah but he was kind of like hoping that maybe that would happen because that's what the what the t- there are, whatever this the should fuck have, their I, names I, are. I completely agree this should have been last resort like the message of this episode is incredible but the method of this episode is bullshit like this should have been last last resort this should have been we are at nuclear war. We have been fighting for 20 years. I yeah. will now sacrifice my life to communicate right. with your yeah. captain to end this war. This was step one. And he goes Listen, nuclear. This episode shows us that you can take a pebble 
and put it on the ground and circle around and you can communicate back and forth about what the pebble represents and the ocean around it. The island, the ocean. Mm -hmm. This is something that wasn't... It's not that this alien uh, race can't communicate in different ways. It's that they won't communicate in different ways because they could pick up something on... as proved by Lower Decks. So so what they do is, like, you've got, you know, like, the, the captain's on one ship, the captain's on the other ship or whatever, and they're trying to communicate about, like, hey, let's get together and communicate. And they could hold something up and, and be, like, the pebble on the plate mm-hmm. and eating. And then it'd be like, yeah, let's fucking get together for lunch. Let's, let's do rocks. this shit. Yeah. Because there was no animosity at the start of mm, this just episode. Frustration. There was just There's just confusion about intent. That was it. So... Yes, you're right. This is an episode that's all about communication and it's all about despite differences, you get together. But nothing about what the alien race, the sons of whoever, whatever they're doing is so fucked up, it should have started a war. Mm. It is yeah. just an insi- it's, it's an insane series of events Do that you didn't if start Picard a war. Died? Can you imagine if he's the one that died on the planet? That would he absolutely be a war. Have, yeah. He should have died when he was beamed over partly <laughs> imagine if that had done it it's i can i can't disagree with that at all what the children of tama should have done is sent them some books like here is our literature let's let's up like the library computer on the enterprise has everything it has shakespeare jane austen it has everything in there that you could possibly want and the children of Tama just had to send them their metaphors, their historical context, send them that as a codex for their metaphors. And I bet the Universal Translator could have figured it out from that. I do, but the, the whole point is that that's not the story this episode wants to tell. Like, we can pull it apart, and yeah, it doesn't make sense in-universe, and that kind of breaks it. But the episode, I they mean, wanted to tell this story this way. They wanted to tell the story, and they want us to have this thing at the end where it's like, you know, how would we as a, as a you know, people communicate if we did this? And that's an interesting thought process. But guess yeah. what? We're all from different cultures. I have, I have family references mm-hmm. within my family that would make my family laugh. If yeah. I say Anne with her hands on the domino, my family knows exactly what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. We would all put our hands on whatever surface was in front of us and start doing this. Does this make sense to anyone? No, no. it doesn't. But that's my meta. Like, what do we share as a like as a culture? Every you go to a different continent, they have different metaphors. Like Picard's idea that he's going to pick up Greek and be like, "Well, let's go back to the beginning." <laughs> this works. Like, you know it's what? So- sure, man. Like Athena with her what? Like I don't know. I I don't know. But that's a stupid way of communicating. And these people have clearly showed that they can communicate differently. They just mm-hmm. choose not to. And I love. I do. I do. I do. I love the idea that Picard figured out a way to to share that he learned something and to I apparently share the death of the captain, which they probably should have known about already. I don't know. Oh, they I'm confused about known. everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like maybe it was just like, yeah, we're just not gonna look at the planet mm-hmm. for five days see on the other yeah. side maybe like uh, it's a it's a really really interesting concept but because it takes so long oh my god so, i had so much time to tear it apart and i don't like that when i watch something no i totally get it i do understand um this is why again i don't think it's a great episode to introduce newbies to at all but i am like you were like viscerally bored by this episode it's i was so, so bored man when I finish up this episode, I express my true feelings mm-hmm. to you, 
and I was like, I need to walk away and figure out how I'm going to talk yeah. about this because I'm not a happy Danae. <laughs> and it's not because it's like an I told you so situation last no, week. No, 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 no. I, I just, this wasn't for me and mm-hmm. I'm ready to talk about something else now. So what else are we going to do? Because I, the more time we spend talking about it, the more pissed off I think I'm going to get. Oh, okay. Well, do we just end the episode there? Guys, it's been a great episode of Star Trek today. Okay. Um, my sin is this episode exists. Uh, yours, Ian? Um, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Worf. So I do really enjoy Worf in this episode, and this happens a lot where Worf is the person that is just on the wrong side of the argument. But I love that because you need those people in the room. You need lots of different opinions, even if. It, there's a good chance that's not going to be the opinion that you go and use and that you go to. He's the one that's just like, here's what I think it is. Here's what I think we should do. And there's a moment where like Riker squares up to him and yeah, it's like, you need to back down, Worf. And I'm just like, no, you don't, Worf. Like, <laughs> that doesn't even do work it. for me. That doesn't even work for me. The, the, like, why are you squaring up to Worf? Yeah, like, Riker's good on attitude you, Worf, doesn't for work, not- but Worf like digging in and saying like, Hey, I'm the tactical officer. This is my opinion. Let's go for it. I really, really enjoy that Worf is used like that. I think, like, I don't think that Worf wants to go to war. I think Worf wants to rescue his captain. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? By the end, that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Riker fires on their ship. Yes, he does. To And potentially starts a war yeah. to get his captain back. And guess what? The alien race, much more powerful. Doesn't react much well much more powerful no mm-hmm. they reacted great they didn't shoot him out of the sky i'm saying like their <laughs> shields were stronger yeah their ability to like you know blast the right amount of plasma spread blah blah was like everything that they were doing was mm-hmm. very very high tech and yet very they specific. cannot figure out how to use language that communicates with other fucking people yeah, different things develop at different different rates the ability to talk does not make you intelligent um a good good quote and from yet Star they Wars. both have the same word for ocean so that's where like the universal translator is doing a bit of work so the universal translator is translating the words it can they're just out of context so it, it they would have the same word for like cup and water and whatever but you don't know what the person you can't translate a noun so we don't know what the person was doing with the water but you know that they had water interesting so that's where i give them a little bit of a little bit of grace and like, if, if if there's a scale of danae's interest in this episode and it's like out of a hundred mm-hmm. i'm at like a 15 okay that moved the needle to 16 so oh interesting okay so yeah. th- it's not that the universal translator can't understand anything it's just it can't understand the context of what's being said and it, i kind of i can imagine this language being developed because language doesn't usually happen i guess we only have our planet as an example but the (laughs) the language didn't develop knowing it would have to communicate with other people that didn't have the context so this all works on their planet because they have that shared context and that shared um like cultural history i guess but they never probably realized that they'd have to be communicating with aliens elsewhere and i think this is probably what would happen interesting i love that that is super super interesting it's just like it doesn't scale well. No, so, no, it doesn't. Especially, that's a good way to ima- put it. Imagine the entire culture has to only know specific references, and when new references are added, 
It has to be something that is so major that everyone would absorb it as a new way of communicating, a yeah. new way of saying something. Like at the end of this episode, they say Picard and so-and-so at this place. So it's like, oh, okay, so so this is now entering your cultural mm -hmm. acceptance of an example of a metaphor you can use. So when you go talk to someone else, you're going to be like Picard and so-and-so at so-and-so worked. So we're going to do it, you know, whatever. So what's interesting is that i don't know that it's a choice it's it's whatever enters the culture and we this happens to us so imagine like t9 texting and like how when the when the text when text messages started we didn't deliberately introduce this is how we're going to text we naturally started doing you instead of you and the number two instead of two because it was quicker it was a pain in the ass we didn't have autocorrect and it was quicker to type out all of that so that text speak evolved and then we started talking in emojis and now we're talking gifs and memes and that's not because somebody at the top is saying these gifs mean this thing and these memes work like this it's just naturally what the culture accepts and communicates and spreads so maybe picard and dathon at eladrell won't spread but there's a good chance it will because of its cultural significance. So that's the, the that's the bit that I really really love and that I think makes sense. Like yeah, but there's a there's a difference between Homer Simpson disappearing into a bush uh -huh. versus like this massive cultural impact moment when two captains have been I would argue that the Simpsons is a massive cultural impact moment. And if I don't know who Homer is or what the Bush is doing, it won't make sense. But across, like, so I just it makes up. sense. It makes sense. It's a person backing away in a bush because of an awkward thing happening. Ah, it's super easy it's an to understand. Thing. What if they're being chased by something and they hide in a bush? What if they're a hiding from their parents? A perfect example of why this metaphor communication doesn't work. No, it works inside the community. It doesn't work externally. But how do they know? How? How? And, and that's what I'm saying is this 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 group, this alien group, has to understand exactly what Picard and Boo Boo on Shushu means mm -hmm. for anything to make sense going forward. It yeah. can't be an easily interpreted Homer backs up into a bush moment. Mm -hmm. Like that one, but you're I right. We can we can interpret it based on conversation, but mm -hmm. we're having conversation with other words. This is entirely going, it That's... has to be me metaphor and it has to be the specific moment. Yeah. Does everybody understand that this is exactly what you're feeling? Okay. That's the really tricky part because you'd have to use it by using other metaphors. So how did it start? Where was the first one? And then how did you communicate that? <laughs> it's, but then it's like, who taught English the first time? It just naturally evolved and evolved and evolved. Lots of things to think about in this episode. So there was, um, there was something I wanted to pull up from the chat, which was, um, I think it was, I can't remember who said it, but it was basically imagine the controls on the ship and how mm -hmm. complicated the controls would be to look at. Well, Look at the bridge of the Enterprise, though. There's very few words and letters. It's pictograms. So Denise and Mike—that's not true. There's so many words. I said and there's letters. very few. Most of them is like the rectangles and like the yellow shapes and the squares. If you take a look at the controls, there's not a lot of words on there unless they're pulling up information. And Denise and Michael Okuda deliberately designed this so that it would be accessible to lots of different aliens because the Universal Translator doesn't work so well on written stuff it can't get into your brain and translate that so they deliberately used pictograms so that the controls would be easier to use and i, I could see them using a different different a similar kind of thing on temerian ships but uh, for me it's just even this discussion is really interesting to me like how would that species work day to day 
And maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it wouldn't. But I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It is really interesting. And that's that's the fun part of this episode is that it's like, oh, this is an interesting race that communicates in this interesting way. How would you power a starship? How would you know mm-hmm. like where you're going? How do you communicate that to your crew? How can you be specific if everything is in metaphor? Um Lots and lots of questions we don't get to dig into because this episode is designed to just introduce us to the concept. So mm-hmm. these are fun things to talk about afterwards. But was it like, is this how you want to get into it? Like, maybe it is. Maybe you get into something like that's this deep, deep, big discussion about communication and how some of it is easier and some of it is difficult and how you, you know, work through. Listen, I'm I'm learning how to talk to a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. I, of all people, yeah. know how interesting it is to sit in front of somebody and help them find words to communicate how they're feeling or what they're thinking. It is a trip and it is so fucking cool. It's great. And I love that we get to be specific. The fact that she can tell me that she's not angry, she's frustrated. Those things are awesome. Mm. Those things happen because of communication. I really like specific communication. If she came oh, to me every day yeah. with a metaphor, that leaves so much up to assumption and it pisses me off individually because I like to be specific. I like to eliminate as many possibilities of being um, confused as yeah. possible. But that's like my own fear of being misunderstood or, or misrepresented. Like I want people to understand my heart. So I like to communicate as clearly as I possibly mm-hmm. can. And then, you know, with this kind of episode, it's like I would hate to talk like this. I would hate it all of the individuality is gone mm-hmm. you talk like how the group talks if you were to introduce a different concept you'd have to have so many different references to explain your new concept mm-hmm. and i think the show is saying that they just can't they can't communicate any differently but then we watch them evolve in this episode to be well, able to communicate in, with picard yeah and in lower decks you see Keishon, who is a tamarian he's on the ship and he has learned to basically speak english um so they can do it they just haven't they have there hasn't been a selective pressure to change because this has worked for them so and i guess this is the the idea is that this is the episode where they realize that they do want to yeah because exactly. after this in, interaction with picard they're like oh we can communicate with this so maybe we saw that kind of happening and and that's where i don't mind talking ab- about it but for me it was a very slow paced uh episode where I felt the frustration of the pacing more than I felt the frustration mm. of of the. I don't know. It I was, think the, it was the, a really frustrating episode the discussion, to, to endure. The discussion is more entertaining than the episode itself. I think that's I mean, what yeah, I get from possibly. it. I, I did start this episode with the strong, strong assumption that I was going to focus a lot on the acting on this one mm-hmm. because I was concerned about the content being interesting to me. And, and that ended up being true. I was open to not being right about that. But of course. Um, and I did, I really, really enjoyed the, the acting, of course, like Picard is always fascinating to me, even if it's being written that he figures this out slower than I feel like he would. That's fine. Um, the person that's acting, that's the, the alien captain. Um, I really liked how they portrayed this character. Paul Winfield it was really is fun to watch. So good. He's appeared in Star like- Trek before in, uh, the Wrath of Khan and he's so good. The way oh, he's like man. so emphatic. It was so good, and I uh, there's a couple moments when I you know was taking my notes and things where it, he he must feel like he's talking to a toddler. He's rolling yeah. his eyes almost like God. This is so frustrating. Like how can you not get yeah. this simple concept? And it, it starts off on the bridge. Like he opens up channels and he's like blah 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 yeah. blah blah. 
I and then love he realizes no one get it. He's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah and you could see his frustration yeah. building like this is still not working we're still not getting through they still haven't figured out how to communicate with us which i again find to be fucking impossible but you you understood that he was frustrated though like he still yeah. is able to communicate things through these metaphors like when they're having that argument back and forth and he says like darmok tamok the river when it's frozen like i understand that they're arguing and then he mm-hmm. shut him down and had the last word because he's captain like there's so many ways to interpret what they're saying. It's just, I think it's the evolution of the language that I struggle with the most. Like I understand using it if you absolutely had to. I don't know how that naturally evolves as the preference because evolution likes in general simple things. It likes the path of least resistance. It's not going to swim upstream if it doesn't have to. And this seems like a really up- uphill battle to be able to communicate with someone. The acting really carried, I think, the heavy lifting of this episode, too. Because oh, everybody sure. was really doing great. So even though I wasn't enjoying the, like, what was being said, I was enjoying how they were bringing it to life. I felt like everyone mm-hmm. was doing their part really well. We got to see pissed off Riker. We got to see, like, honest game Jordy. And we got to see intense Worf. And we got to see these different characters. But, yeah, the the biggest, best part of this entire thing is this uh paul winfield person you're talking about he is the only reason to watch this episode no what about picard though i think picard's given uh patrick stewart's given an incredible performance patrick stewart never gives a bad performance in my opinion yeah i love patrick stewart he is amazing every single time he does something like this and it is fun to watch him figure something out i'm so i'm so glad that this is done like we never have to. I will never ever watch this episode again. You never have to. That's the beauty of it. There's so much Star Trek. You never ever have to. Um, complete U-turn or like left turn, whatever you want to say. Um, Data mentions that he's seen in his career so far 1,754 unique species. Now, I this is one of my weird memories from this episode. That was the first time I remembered somebody specifying how many aliens they'd met, and I was just like holy shit that's a Mm -hmm. lot of aliens like that for me i was like romulans klingons um (laughs) bolians vulcans (laughs) and i'm just like well that that's four and then he just says like nearly (laughs) two thousand and he's been in starfleet i think at this point for like 20 years something like that and i'm like good golly that's a lot of aliens and that's when like my my brain just exploded with the the scope of Star Trek and the Federation and just how busy the galaxy is. Uh, I love that. I love that little peek into just how busy the galaxy is. I also wonder his classifications on that moment. Like if he's talking about spores. And... I think he meant intelligent species. Okay. I hope so anyway. Okay. Otherwise it should be okay. way more. <laughs> yeah. It's just been like, well, there was that strange bug we saw. Yeah. On <laughs> Do you remember one the planet? one that we had to, the, we had to <laughs> shoot that guy in the face about? Yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, I don't know if it will or not, but Rick Berman, who was basically looking after everything Star Trek in the 90s, um, based on my my internet research, hated the idea for this episode. And it was pitched um, for about two years consistently. Michael Piller, who was just one of the backbones of, of this era of Star Trek, loved it. 
and Berman buried it for as long as he possibly could. And then they found a way to, to put it on the screen. But he basically had the same opinion of you that, it, that as you that it, it wouldn't work. It was stupid. It's a stupid idea that won't work. And it's just how so interesting that, like, I understand that, but it is, it goes down in history as not just one of the best episodes of TNG, but one of the best episodes of sci-fi out there. And I don't think you're on you're on an island thinking about this. Um, obviously Rick Berman didn't. But how is this one of the best? I think it's the theme, the theme of communication and overcoming that, and just how interesting this species would be. Man, I feel every once in a while, like I get it, and then something like this happens, and I'm like, I just, I'm <laughs> yeah. so off base. I don't, get, I don't get it. Shall we? Unless you have anything else positive to say, do some. Let's do some. (laughs) It is also the first appearance of Ashley Judd ever on TV. This was her first performance. I wondered who that was. She looked familiar. Leffler. Yeah. Ashley Judd's um, TV debut. Her debut. Her going from console to console, whacking at the screen. Right. With that, let's head over to engineering for some sins. Battle stations, everyone. Warning: warp core collapse in ten seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Before we do the sins, Danae, let's do your prediction. You predicted there would be a handshake in this episode. There was not. Woo. No points. Also, how many pips would you give it? Dare I ask? Two? Three, a maybe? Very generous two pips. I feel like you feel obligated. I mean- <laughs> If you're looking at if you're looking at acting and you're looking at like what they're doing and like the purpose and everything, it's it's fine. I'm giving it three pips, not a four. I'm giving it a three. I'll give it. Okay. I'll give it. I'll, okay, because of that still image, yeah. I'll give it a three. It's, I love so the image I've just brought <laughs> up is is Picard mid transport just screaming. I love that. I love transporter fuckery. I love it when he's just trapped and paralyzed in the transporter beam, just watching. Um, uh Dacian Deshaun get the snot kicked out of him by that monster that's just going to town on him um yeah I love that so much because I'm a sadist you go first ambassador what's your first sin I know we've talked about a lot um I don't believe for one fucking second that Picard would not be up at the crack of goddamn dawn the man (laughs) sleeps until I'm gonna say 10 a.m like the (laughs) sun is up The sun is up. It's it an has been up for, It's not even twilight. It's not even like there the sun is kind suns. of up. He wakes up as if he got the best night's sleep of his life. As if every single rustle that he would have heard in the night wouldn't have woken his ass up. He is mm-hmm. a survivor. He is a leader. He is not sleeping mm-hmm. until past when the sun comes up. Yeah. That's so stupid. That's understandable. Uh, on that note, I do not believe that he can't make a fucking fire. Starfleet survival training ain't worth shit if he can't make a fire. And we know it's he, possible. He did. Because he his did. friend makes a fire right across he the way did. from him. It just blew out. So He gives up. He gave up on making the he fire. Did. He did. Just yeah. baffling that he gives up. Yeah. So linked to that, I know that his jacket zips up because I have one. And he's just there like <laughs> huddled around. And I'm like, zip it up, Jean-Luc. Damn it, man. <laughs> Zip that yeah. thing up. Yeah. Survival on survival survivalist shit in this episode is nonsense. It's crap. I'm gonna it's I'm gonna tell you about an almost sin that, that didn't become a sin. Okay. Okay. Almost sin. They mm-hmm. almost beam Picard back without his jacket. <laughs> right. Well, that's gonna piss you off later because 
in another in a later episode, he does just discard the jacket. That's just just terrible. leaves it somewhere just on a planet. Terrible. We didn't actually it's mention awful. the best part of the episode, which is the jacket. This is the debut of the the crushed velvet leather shoulder pads uh, open jacket that that Picard has. I freaking love that jacket so much. Um, Patrick Stewart requested something that wasn't a pajama because he was so uncomfortable. He's going into year five of this and he's like, I need something that isn't a pajama, please. And they gave him the jacket. I love it. Love it, love it, love that jacket. Love it. Um, so that was my silly sin. Go on, go on and what's yours? Okay, what's my next one? Um, we briefly mentioned it earlier, but my goodness, the Temerians packed. Like, they are deadly. Their ship takes out the Enterprise's forward shields completely in one shot, and the rest of them to down to 50%. The second shot, all shields are gone. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, the impulse engines are down, warp drive is down. Data's like, we can't take another hit. Three shots, and you're taking out the flagship of, the, of Starfleet? They survived against the Borg longer than that. The Temerians, and then combine that with the like transporter blocking technology all of their like particle beam stuff these guys are so dangerous enemy number one they're really really powerful really powerful i don't know that they could have done it but like an episode where they have lunch they realize that they're speaking in metaphor within about 10 minutes or so because they're all really really smart and then they spend the rest of the episode attempting to understand how like how they operate like they, they, they can get a ship tour and it's just this confusion it's just everybody mm-hmm. ordering something different for dinner but they all know the metaphor somehow works <laughs> of course it works yeah i would love to see that i think it'd be really really fun to to see something that was like a little bit more fleshed out but again we're we're it's been pointed out in the chat and i'm going to say it like the point of communicate the point of the episode to start the conversation about ways to communicate has mm-hmm. happened. So if that was the point of the episode, it has done its deed. I imagine I imagine it was. Um, it, it almost has to be. There is another episode here that I'd love to see, which is almost along the lines of like the Strange New World musical episode, where they're forced to speak in song. What if like they were forced to speak in metaphors? And but they were metaphor you'd have to pick metaphors that kind of like we understand. So they would be conveniently they would be 20th century metaphors or stuff that relates to other things in Star Trek. But an episode where the crew is forced to speak in metaphors would be really interesting as well and how they how they overcome that. Because that would be interesting because you'd have like Vulcans that are using their own metaphors that don't make sense. Like I, I there's another way of telling this story as well that I think would work. Um in terms of sins. Uh, I know why we had to do this. Like, you have to have the main crew doing things and Data and Deanna doing things. But I struggle to believe that Deanna is the best qualified to be on the Translate the Aliens mission. Like, I know you've got to give her something to do. Data, I get it. But you have 1,000 people from various backgrounds and uh, specialties on the ship. Some of them are kids, fine. But you have a lot of crew on board and specialists that are there to do exploration stuff. You must have some linguistic specialists on there that aren't Deanna fucking Troy. Like, I love that we're giving her something to do, but she is not the person to be on this mission. It should have been Data and a random person. Make it Ashley Judd. Make her the linguistic specialist. It's just amazing to me that there isn't anybody better suited to this job on the Enterprise. I'm gonna send 
and I I talked about it earlier, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time here. I just I have a really really hard time believing that they would risk beaming the captain like that. Mm. It was. Uh, I and don't... maybe this is something that happens enough that I should just let it go. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really alarming because it, it, you know, it's going to be two hours. Make it two minutes. So we have that cliche going on. We've got <laughs> that, jo- like, ask Jordy to do the impossible cliche and he tries. Yeah. And it's been like what two. It's like two minutes. Yeah. And he's like, OK, I can do this thing. And so they do. But there's so like there's so much about that that's so dangerous mm-hmm. to to lose the captain in the middle of it like that's the worst way to go yeah yeah it's pretty horrifying on the whole i agree because in general when it comes to transporters don't do anything experimental don't and they don't are fuck with that don't cut corners there's so but, many other things to, to explore before you get to to, to that i right? wonder if like because they never mentioned try it. being a beam over a rock first but yeah just but I, try that the, i think they're worried that he is at immediate risk so like Either the transporter maybe kills him, or this alien thing definitely kills him. But they never mention specifically that Picard is at risk with the transporter beam. Like this is either gonna, this is either we don't know that this is either gonna work or it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, he's still on the planet. Fine. I don't know that there was a. I've got a piece of him, but that's all. Quote: There isn't in. There isn't enough of him, sir. Quote. I can't hold him, Commander. There's yeah. nothing about that that's like. I I don't that, think he's saying that like he's gonna die. I think it's just like I can't get him all the way up. <laughs> Name of my sex tape. Um, oh my but, god. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just I think the I, transporter I just, just, like defaults. It's not gonna accidentally beam up an arm and nothing else. Is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Go I on. I would trust O'Brien with my Your life. <laughs> um, so. We have basically like one of the monsters from The Conjuring or like Paranormal Activity. This alien has evolved to be invisible and also involved to blip in and out and fuck with people. Like instead of eating its dinner and killing people or doing whatever it does, it fucks with them a little bit and then kills them. It's just, it's such an inefficient predator. It's the absolute worst. Like a lion would have destroyed Uh. them. This is, this is, this is, I'm going to go off here. Do it. For, for a moment, I think. I'm going to try to be careful with what I say here. We're doing a monster series and we haven't even talked about the monster. And that is your mm-hmm. fault, Captain. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So the only time we've talked about this monster mm-hmm. is as a sin at the end. Yeah. And you said last week that it was mm-hmm. a bit of a stretch. It is. Can I did, confirm. Mm-hmm. I did mention the monster earlier. I just not said, what only, did you what did you think of it? And you said you didn't mo- like it. Barely there. Mm-hmm. It's fucking invisible. And it's in the scene. Not all the from time. Like 3% of this episode is monster. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Jaws. Jaws is only in like 10% of the movie. You literally made us watch this episode so that you could watch this episode with yes. me because technically there's a monster in it for yes. a split second. Correct. Mm, yes. I was very open about that. This is like this is like someone saying, I know you hate sushi, but no. come with me to the sushi no, 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 bar. No, because I didn't know you hated Darmok. I I'm thought pretty sure I made that clear. You abs- Not I'm pretty before sure. I mentioned it. You've never mentioned Darmok ever, 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 ever. So I thought this was an opportunity to introduce you to an excellent episode. And it barely has a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. You can sing me for that. Did you Did you like the monster? I wish it would have killed them both. 
Wow. Wow, you wish more people had been down and just been slaughtered. Like Everyone dies. I don't dies. know anything about the monster. Mm-hmm. This is not a monster episode because it's not about the monster. There's nothing about it. Like, they, it's, we don't know anything about, the, you know what's sad? Mm-hmm. This fucking alien captain asshole mm-hmm. opts completely out for a tea time conversation to kidnap Picard and force them to kill this monster. Yeah. What kind of a dick is that? Yeah. That's a dick move. It's a dick move. This monster is minding its own business on a planet and then gets darmocked. Yes, it does. Like, where's this guy's story? This this woman's story, this creature's story. Mm-hmm. What what was it doing before? Just being mean. It no, it, it we don't know that. We know nothing about it. Yeah, it's just terrorizing everyone it's on the planet. Just taking a shit, minding its own business, <laughs> and then two guys show up with knives and he's mm-hmm. like, Let's go kill this thing so we can bond. Just like my ancestors bonded. Basically, I have this, yeah. Uh-huh. I have this hunter ancestor and 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 because I want to make sure that we leave here united. I mean, one of us is going to be dead, but we're going to leave here united over our survival instincts. I'm going to force us into a survival moment, yeah. and I'm going to force us to go someplace where we know there's this creature that wants to kill us. And the creature's just like, I didn't really want to, but I kind of have to now that you're here. Maybe it was minding its own business. We don't know anything about it. So Picard and Dathon at Eladrell is actually a metaphor for animal cruelty. That's the takeaway that culturally goes forward. If this is what happens, you just have aliens just beam in and try to kill you for sport every so often. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I'd be mad. Predator too. it up. Yeah. I, I really am glad I didn't kill Picard. And I don't think he should have killed the other guy either. That was so no, stupid. He shouldn't. The whole thing is just what a stupid episode linked to that my next sin is that as soon as they find out that the captain is dead why do they carry on why like shouldn't they just game over job done beam up picard like i don't know why the tamarians are letting this continue after their captain dies because either the lesson has been learned or it hasn't I, you have to assume they're not paying attention i mean maybe that doesn't seem right though it's just it's very <laughs> weird the instructions that were left behind Riker says they have the same technology that we do, but we don't know that they're actually using it because they are ju- they seem to be very surprised when Picard brings the news that their buddy is dead. Yeah. Yeah. They seem surprised by that fact because they're like, success. They have the technology to prevent beaming. They have the technology to scan, but mm-hmm. they choose not to use it so that they can the try to told communicate. Them to switch it off. It just doesn't. That doesn't hold up. But this to me. is the part that's really, really confusing about how they communicate. If all he said is walls falling and boofa de boof and they're like oh yeah we know exactly what that means that means you're gonna steal this captain you're gonna beam down to a planet you're probably gonna die by this monster and also we can't communicate with you this is a drill that they have been trained to do but they know it because of a they know it because of an ancient metaphor mm. mm-hmm. i promise you the ancient metaphor did not include beaming it didn't include kidnapping someone that was potentially we don't know we know nothing about it but like <laughs> get it Yep, totally get it. That is the end of my sins. I don't have much more that we haven't already covered. Sin. Sin. Saying that you're going to increase something to 150%. (laughs) How high is this dial? How high is the dial? Is it it 0 to 500%? What are we doing here? (laughs) Yeah. Really technically can't go above 100%. It's like, what what does that mean? You're giving your all? If you fill my mug to 150%, I've just wasted 50% of the liquid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. Convenient 
Gilgamesh speech ending in death moment is convenient. Yeah, it's kind maybe, of perfectly timed, wasn't it? Yeah. It would have been really anticlimactic if he just kept brother. I'm not dead yet. He just keeps breathing. <laughs> Give, really tell good. me another one. <laughs> tell me some more. Mm-hmm. My sin is that we don't see Picard sweating his bollocks off with this jacket that is so hot. It's so warm. <laughs> I guess yeah. he does take it off, doesn't he? He probably does get too warm. He, oh, we did boy. see him take his jacket off. That's true. Okay, well, any final thoughts before we move on? Um, I, I think that it's impossible to move through life without experiencing things that make you uncomfortable and, and angry. I just mm-hmm. try to avoid them because yeah. um, I have sometimes regrets about how I react to things. And so I'm like, oh, I don't if I don't need to go in there and do something, then I won't. But I um, I think I saw this coming. And yeah, I, somehow you really did. Yeah. It's kind of like how sometimes I have premonitions about things and I, mm. and I just, I, and I kept going, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I can, it's, I'm probably going to love it. But then I ended up really not liking it. And I was trying. I promise. I promise I was I know, trying. I believe you. I completely believe. Like I, there have been, you've done 180s where you've gone into something thinking, oh, I'm going to hate this and actually loved it. So yeah. I hand on heart believe you. Okay. So that we don't Fucking feel dumb, anything Mark. more this week. Next week, we're going to... And what's with their weird little thumbs? I'm sorry. Go on. Shift... Are they, that, are they no, like that's suction alienist. cups? That's are they alienist. suction cups? Yeah, they just evolved to like suction cup up a wall. Next week, we are going to take a trip to the Delta Quadrant. They don't even use their thumb when they're touching their foreheads. Like, doesn't it do... Does it do something? I mean, you don't know how they drink. Okay, that's true. All right. Maybe they drink through their thumbs. Okay. Next week, we're going to take a trip to the Delta Quadrant and return to our second ever episode of Voyager with Macrocosm. Now, this does have a bad guy, a villain in it, a monster. This absolutely has a monster of some description in it. And I think it's a really good bottle episode of Voyager as well. So you're not going to have to know too much about it, but I'm sure it will find a way to piss you off. So, macrocosm. Wait, you think it's going to piss me off? I Anything could. Anything could piss you off. I have no idea. I can never predict how you're going to react to an episode. It's it's amazing. Yeah, you have a really bad track history yeah, of making... I have a yeah. terrible track record <laughs> with this. It's the worst. But this is definitely a monster episode without question. Okay. So, well, at least it's in the category. <laughs> it absolutely is this week. Um, this one is as well, technically. Um, we will see you next week for that. Find us in the usual places on the internet. Go over to Discord and have a chat with all of us. We have a pop-in um, Discord Star Trek Captain's Pod channel over on the CinemaSins Discord channel. That's discord.gg slash CinemaSins. Send us an email. We love your emails. Tell us about your origin stories. What Do you remember the yes. first time that you watched Macrocosm for Voyager? Yes. And if you're, and if you're worried about, you know, me or, or, or Ian or our friendship, you can also write to us and ask any questions like, we're fine. Everything is fine. Everything Speak is for fine. yourself. She loves speaking for me. I'm not fine. And But send us your emails nonetheless. And Janae is going to take over the show and do a Ask Me Anything That Isn't About Star Trek. So send in your non-Star Trek questions as well and we'll slip those in. Um, at uh, captainspod at cinemasins.com And until next week, I'm Captain Ian and Taymok! In winter, for me. I have no desire to quote this episode. Um, every single thing that I was writing down was just going to make me mad. There's Tembas, there's arms, there's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's just too much. So I wrote down this random piece 
uh, that came from Worf, and he said <clears throat> positron density is at 0. 0.013 from from me. Lived long in Potsdam. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Nope, 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 nope. That's not the right website. Nope, that all. Nope. Have you pushed buttons before on a computer, Danae? Captain's Pod, start a 11 11. 30 no hang on a minute let's do that again i've had to change the star date system because of what you said last week oh you've done it yeah i've done it it. i've done it it'll be good up until 2029 now oh jesus christ as long as i remember to keep changing it captain's pod star date 11 11 34.1 welcome aboard the starships enterprise and doesn't matter because i haven't done an intro for you yet (gasps) Uh, what was the episode we watched last week Um, oh tasha died that was it um yeah why don't you why don't you do your job man why don't right? you figure that out? Um, and um, I'm going to sit here, I guess, just do nothing, you know, while you think of a clever thing, which is really easy for you to do. Yeah, usually. I'm going to look up fireplace repair. It's fair. You didn't do your segment. Yeah, I know. It's because I missed the... And well, email. Yeah, that's because I, I well, lost e- it again. And well, email. And well, email. Okay, f- <laughs> failing frequencies. Failing frequencies are open. This is the part of the show. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we remind ourselves that no TV is without. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Shaka, when the wolves fell. No, thank God that is over. Holy shit! Oh, I'm not looking forward to blasting this motherfucking episode. That was the worst ever. Oh my God, I am so bored. I am so bored, Ian. That was so boring. Oh my god, how am I going to do this live? Just be Fuck. honest. Just be honest. You didn't like it. You didn't like it. I really did not like that. was awful. How does anybody like, oh yeah, this is a really great piece of Star Trek. Let's sit on a fucking planet and block, block, blocky, block, 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 blocky, block, block, blocky, block, block, blocky, block, 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 do you mean block a block 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 a block block? You mean block a block 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 a block 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 a block 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 a block 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 block? Oh my god! I knew I was gonna hate it. There's so many sins we didn't get to. Let's go through them. Sin. Go for it. We'll never get to taste Darmok the frozen dessert. Right? That's what I'm saying. We'll never know yet. My guess is that what they do is they go to this planet, they kill these creatures, and then they turn them into the ice cream. Flyboy says, I have always really liked this episode a lot for Paul Winfield's performance among the others, but I do have sins. The sin. Tamarians obviously have scientists, engineers, and mathematicians. They must be able to communicate constant concrete literal information in some form. It's so tricky. How do you build a spaceship through metaphors and allegories? And like there's this big debate online about whether they actually talk about metaphors or it's actually just through like examples and not strictly metaphors, but I guess it's it's they really hard opting. to do math in it metaphors so sh- yeah but i think yeah. that's so interesting like it's a great thought experiment like how would you do it okay uh david says so many sins in order to form the metaphors they use as language the Tumerians would first have to know what all the individual words mean exactly god can you um, imagine it it's just so so involved if i say orange everyone mm-hmm. would have to understand what i mean when i say that it's crazy i would think that you mean orange but what if I'm talking about the fruit? You would say orange, the thing you eat. Mm-hmm. Wait, but how would I know now that you're talking about an orange? Ian, 
with our language? How would I know if you're talking about the color or the fruit? It's all of the love in my heart that I say, I am not answering the question. <laughs> We're just... What the also, what if other cultures on the planet have different icons? Like, I can say George Washington, his boat crossed. Americans would know about the Revolutionary War. Um, Americans who know about the Revolutionary War know what that is. So I would equate yep. that to slang. So there's English slang that Americans don't understand. Like, you, you're assuming that everyone on the planet has to understand everybody else. And they wouldn't. There would be some, like, local metaphors that don't make sense that you'd have to learn. And then some global stuff, like Hitler in the 40s, that everybody in the, pretty much everyone on the planet would understand. But that makes it even worse, because that means that the episode we just watched, if that's true for their culture, mm -hmm. is it's essentially meaningless, because the next person that comes along might not even understand those references. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard. Where it's like, we don't understand Russian, Chinese. Like, we can't communicate with most of the people on this planet. Um, here's an interesting one from David who says, despite the popular image to the contrary, there is no balcony mentioned in the stage direction or anywhere in Shakespeare's <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. So Deanna's example is a bad one. This is the kind of sin best, that best this, sin. Is, this is it. That's incredible. Best. This is, this That's, is the the sin. That's the this sin is of the, the episode. Sin Please yeah. include that sin in the outtakes. That's Holy incredible. Shit. It's so true. It's Deanna, you fucked up. This is why <laughs> she's not qualified to do this shit. She doesn't even know Shakespeare properly. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Here's a fun question. Here's a palate cleanser for us from Link. Mm. Could Moopsie beat the monster on this planet? We forgot to ask this last week. Uh, yes is the answer because I'm assuming this creature has bones. You don't know that. What? No, I'm... It, it's pretty articulate. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I still think Moopsie would win. Um, because Moopsie doesn't have to worry. Moopsie just waits for you to come to it and then eats. <laughs> we didn't ask this last week. Would Moopsie okay. be Armus? I don't know. I think they'd end up being best friends. Remind me about who Armus is again. <laughs> I'm going to help you get there. Last week's episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tasha dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The tar. Yeah. The tar. The oil slick. Um, Moopsie versus Tar. I think, I think it's a standoff. Yeah, like, I think Moopsie changes tactic and tries to make friends. And Armis is like, oh, finally, another being of pure evil. We shall make friends. I don't remember Moopsie, like, understanding language. I mm -hmm. sort of saw it as more mm -hmm. like a wandering danger bunny. Pokemon thing, yeah. So I think Armis would win. Because Armis would fuck with the bunny. The bunny would try to fuck back with Armis, realize that it can't do anything because it's mm -hmm. can't kill it. There's no yeah. bones. It would drown. And so the then bones. Armus would kill Bunny. So I think Armus wins. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Armus wins that one. Or it's a stalemate. Like Moopsie just leaves. Moopsie tries to eat Armus and then just leaves. And Armus is like, come back here, little bunny. Nope, Moopsie. Uh, Link says Moopsie versus Tribbles. Um, how do we know that the Tribbles didn't evolve into Moopsie? I think that's the natural next step. I think Moopsie is a Tribble. Interesting. I think Moopsie wins. Uh, let me, think, let me, mm, maybe not. Okay, Tribbles as a, like, as a creature, yeah. they keep multiplying. Moopsie can't keep up. That's true. Tribbles Just gets win. drowned. Yeah, that makes sense. As a, as a species, the Tribbles win. Yeah. One versus one, it's Moopsie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. That's fair. Yeah. The only thing a Tribble can do is go... And then all of a sudden, the person's like... But I think the Moopsie is immune to... Because Moopsie is adorable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's the yeah. only alien noise I can do. Wandering Winder says Danae has that totally right in regards to the Tribbles out um, 
outnumbering um, Tribbles work oh, through numbers, you. just yeah. like cicadas. <laughs> yeah, Tribbles, just like cicadas is a sentence that's never been said on the internet. At some point, the Temerian said, you know, these words we make use communication too easy. There's got to be a way to overcomplicate our language. It's <laughs> so a deep down, they do have a regular language. They're mm-hmm. just stubborn. Yeah. And then they buried that part of their history. So then... Like They're... it takes Picard and the crew going to their planet, and then they accidentally undercut, like un- they unearth their history, and and somehow it unlocks this massive DNA profile. They plug it into the atmosphere; it becomes ions, it sprinkles down. They do the three forehead touch. That's why mm-hmm. they have the thumb hole, the thumb suction thing. All of a sudden, they like download like some sort of USB. Yeah. They get the information downloaded, and all of a sudden, they can talk. I think there's. A follow-up episode where this all makes sense and the the speaking with metaphors is like an upper class um like ruling class thing and all of the regular people the plebs and the lower classes they speak regularly but they're frowned upon because they don't have like the education to keep up and speak speak with metaphors so all of like the elite jobs the starship jobs the captains all of that is for the upper classes and there's a whole other like sub-level that just speaks normally so they're really just snooty and that's why it makes sense those are the people that build the ships and have like the the lesser jobs this episode is should be titled danae and ian rewrite another episode of Star Trek. yes <laughs> to your point that you made earlier about this episode not being made and then pushing for it to be made and mm-hmm. then it's a great one yeah uh, man is that an interesting part of just a reminder that the barometer of what I like is a very individual thing. I cannot and would never want to represent what no. everyone would find interesting or humorous. Or everything is subjective. Everything is subjective. And we do this in our jobs all the time. We'll write something mm-hmm. and have completely different opinions about what is or is not funny or interesting in an episode. And how do you sub- how do you decide what becomes part of our end content? You know, <sighs> yeah. and that's where I have to take a back seat and go. I don't get it. I don't think it's funny. But if you do, go for it. And then you'll see in the comments, be like, oh, that's so funny. And then it's just like, well, I just didn't get it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be personal. Like it doesn't, it's not so, all Star yeah. Trek is going to hit for everyone. Not all anything is going to hit for everyone. It's so important to do that with kindness and respect that there are such a variety of comedy out there and personal preferences. It's so tricky. There is no one size fits all. You just try nope. and hit as many as you can. Just like there's not one metaphor that fits all. Okay. I want to I want to talk about Spock's brain. Oh gosh. What just happened to you? So, Spock's brain, here's one on the opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. It's bad. Like wh- how bad though? Like wh- how, why? It's In fucking, what way is it bad? It's fucking nonsense. Like it has the most nonsense premise of any any episode of Star Trek. Like this is where like the premise is so shit and so unbelievable. It detracts from anything the episode might be trying to say because it's so distracting. But I still don't think it's as bad as people say it is. <laughs> like, this is one where it's terrible, but I still don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It's kind of like notorious now, but we should do it. We, we should absolutely do it. Yeah. I mean, McCoy utters the the line, I think word for word is, his brain, it's gone. Wait, they take a, someone takes Spock's brain? Literally, they take his brain. Yeah. Okay. And then I think, if I remember rightly, Spock is conscious for his own brain surgery. And because, like, McCoy doesn't, McCoy doesn't know 
enough about Vulcan anatomy. Spock has to talk him through his own brain surgery. I, you know what I want to see? Because we talk about this a lot. Anything can fly in space. Aerodynamics don't matter. Yes, correct. Right. Yeah, as long as it has propulsion. So I want to see the Derper Prize go from in space where it can, <laughs> it's perfectly fine, to trans, like to, yeah. to going into uh-huh. atmosphere and landing. Like I want to see you know the what struggle. Would happen? It would be a <laughs> very quick trip. It would immediately just eat shit. It would enter atmosphere and either implode just because of the stresses, or it would just I know. hit the deck immediately. Every episode of our podcast, we're covering episode of Star Trek that has some kind of a monster in it. And we usually do like little off series like this until they release another show that we cover kind of like as a watch along. What's the next one, actually, Ian? Technically, the next one is, is it... Discovery, but we're not doing that. The one Why? after, uh, because it's season five of Discovery. So we would have so? to, and it's an ongoing, you want to dive into season five of Discovery. Sure. We did it with the other ones, right? Like, but what Lower could go Decks wrong? is kind of episode by episode. Discovery is a full, a full series. Each episode follows on from the previous one. Let's do it. You want to I seriously mean, do it? We will. Yeah. Really? No, of course I do. For sure. Okay. Because here, here's what happens. Then you get to be the expert, which is the point of this show. The point is, is that Interesting. you can kind of keep me up to speed on stuff and I'm along for the ride. I this love is gonna be TNG. So interesting. And also the audience gets to like be the pros. So you guys can like, <laughs> let me know about stuff and how many characters am I going to hate and keep pissing people off? It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. It's going to be great. So Discovery season five is the next ongoing series that we'll be doing. Oh, that's amazing. Is it amazing? No.